What's up? What's happening, everybody? It's episode number 85 of Thinking Logically. Just two dads talking politics. The fathers of liberty, as we call ourselves anymore. Joe, it's been a week. We 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 predicted multiple times 2024 is going to be off the chains. And we're seeing uh, the the beginnings of that already start to happen here in the final days of 2023. What's going on, Joe? I'm just astonished of what I've seen in the past. I, I don't know. Week the, the turns, the turnarounds from Fetterman from being Mister Progressive, actually to Mister No Brain, to Mister America First. The fact that people are still going to jail and being rounding up for January 6th, but we have literally a staffer having gay, unprotected sex on the table where people testify in the Senate. And it's just no repercussions thus far, even though he's admitted to it, it's on tape. And then you have being Trump being taken off the ballot in Colorado, which is the first state, I guess, and the dominant who's going to be next. But the fact that a presidential candidate was taken off the ballot for what was it insurrection? We're going back to the Civil War for precedence here. Amazing. Yeah, it, it's been a week. It's been a week, Joe, which is all kinds of different things popping up in the news. And one of the other things that I don't think it's not on our sheet here today, but um, we talked about how 2024 is going to be nuts. And when I saw this, I thought, wow, we are really kicking off with a bang. And that is, uh, we're just going to touch on this briefly, the Jeffrey Epstein client list, if you want to call it that, uh, will be released in, what, the first week or so of January? So we're going to get some names, Joe. We're going to get some names and see who was involved with Jeffrey Epstein. Apparently three names are still going to be under seal, but... Uh, there's about 150 to 160 names that are going to be released with this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. So a judge had ruled this, uh, ruled in favor of the people, we'll say, uh, I believe it was in Miami, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhere. Um, so we're going to see that take place right off the bat in January. So we will, uh, we can only speculate on, on what, who, who, are, who will be revealed. On that magical list we've all been waiting to see. So uh, we are going to start off with the, the gay uh, unprotected sex in the Senate hearing chambers. Yes, this is not. <laughs> this is a Babylon B headline. And uh, actually, it's not. It's real. Uh, but this is something out of the Babylon B. You would think this is like some sort of parody, some sort of joke that this was this would never happen in the United States of America. You know, we're, we. We have restored decency and dignity to Washington, D.C., didn't we, Joe, with the uh, oh, yeah. inauguration of President Joseph R. Biden? But this week uh, we saw, I mean, just stooping to new lows. Uh, basically what happened, if, you, if you've been living under a rock and you're not aware, there was a, a, uh, a, a staffer, a male staffer who's gay, um, was uh, filming. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, right? We, we're not, we're not, we're not here to judge, but uh, a gay staffer um, getting pounded in the ass, for lack of a better term, in the Senate hearing room. It was on tape. It was recorded. Um, he was on the receiving end of it, 
And he is a staffer for Senator Ben Cardin. And Joe, I have so many questions about this whole thing. I mean, you know, think about the the power involved of having the cameras turned off in the Senate hearing room, the surveillance cameras turned off. Think about who leaked this, why would they why they would leak this? Who was who was the giver of this uh, of this sexual act? So, Joe, take it away. Uh I don't even know. I don't even know what where to begin, what to say. Hopefully, we could depend on people, other people in the government, like in the Senate. Maybe John Fetterman will come out and say something like, "Hey guys, you know, you can't be doing, you can't be doing stuff like this in the Senate chamber. Knock it off." But I, I, I don't know, Mark. Apparently, putting your feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk is worse than getting anally dicked down in the Senate chamber. I mean, talk about a filibuster. I don't know what this to say because supposedly this is unprecedented, but apparently it's not because there's another one they investigated a year or two ago, which I guess we can get into later. But what's this is from Instagram. And of course the link was, was taken down probably because yeah, it had that link was wrong, was bad. Probably because it had some kind of um, penetration, if you know what I mean, going on. But this is another um, tweet from X. Post from us. They're, they're all taken down, Mark. Look. Okay, here's this. From Dr. Jill Biden. October 27th, 2020. Decency is on the ballot. Mark, since then, since decency has been on the ballot, what have we seen? First off, we saw that one guy who dresses up like a woman. I think he was the deputy of nuclear waste disposal or something. He was caught stealing women's clothing at airports numerous times. We had the, the, the trainees at the White House flashing people. We've had just Pride Month in general being a thing at the White House. Um, this, we could go on and on and on. So is decency really what was brought back to the White House? Like I said, this isn't the first weirdo in this administration or this government, this Congress to be caught doing illegal acts but i think we can all agree this has to be the most vile so there's only one conclusion these people are decadents there's no other way to put it mark they're decadents and i i don't know what else to say something like this in the halls whether it's gay sex animal sex regular good old-fashioned boring missionary it's it's an abomination and and here's I'll end with this tweet from George Santos. Having sex in a United States government building and filming it is the reason you got heat. And this is, he's responding back to, to the guy um, who, who claimed it was a difficult time for him. Um, you being gay and having a, having gay sex, nobody gives a rat's ass. No one is pursuing a political agenda. We are just disgusted about your vile behavior as a staffer to a United States senator. And now you put a new definition to fuck around and find out. Oh, George Santos is amazing. Aiden, you will forever be remembered as the Democrats' favorite sloppy bottom. Oh. Ah. Anthony DeVolder, a.k.a. George Santos from the top rope. How about this from this this dude's LinkedIn, Aiden Mace Sarovsky, who was the the receiver of of this sexual act. He said, this has been difficult time. This has been a difficult time for me as I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. Well, some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment. I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. Um, 
you did. <laughs> what are you talking about? Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. <clears throat> Joe, so this is the dude, um, the, the the legislative aide to Ben Cardin. And if you haven't seen the video, it leaves nothing to the imagination, right? But no. maybe my favorite part of this whole thing is the other picture that got leaked out. I don't know who leaked, who um who put it out there? Uh, was it Laura Loomer? I'm not sure if it was whoever. Was a like a Snapchat picture of this dude, and I think he might have been missing. He wouldn't maybe not wearing a shirt, or maybe he was like partially naked, and he wrote "Waiting for Lindsey Graham." Yeah. Well, <laughs> we talked about that. I feel, I believe <laughs> definitely in the private. I believe on this podcast too. How Lindsey Graham is a closet home homo. For, for, not, that not that there's anything wrong with that, but just be out about it at this point. It's 2023, going to be 2024. Yeah, and he has some sort of nickname. I forget what it is. But Madison Crawford, which, we'll, which we will get to later. <clears throat> oh, he tried to warn us. <laughs> uh, is Madison Cawthorn a sitting member of Congress, Joe? No, they, they threw him out because he tried to expose stuff like this. Oh, okay. Yeah, people don't remember that, but yeah, they threw him out. And I don't know some weird video of him. I don't know if he was like partially naked or whatever, because he's he's in a wheelchair, he's paralyzed. Of him, I, I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but it was a video of him and a friend. I think they were just horsing around as as people in college do. It was from a long time ago, and yeah, they booted him out of out of Congress for that, I believe. Yeah. Well, you see here in that link you put um, that that link to X. Uh, it says that in 2022, Madison Cawthorn told John Lavelle that Washington, D.C. is full of corrupt perverts and that he was invited to orgies and cocaine parties. The culture in Washington is corrupt. Human nature has fallen. Compromising activities occur because you, when other people can place you in compromising positions, they control you. Boy. He was, uh, he was spot on with that one, huh? Yeah. And since then, we found cocaine in the White House, which we... Gosh darn it, we can't figure out who left it there. And now there's this sex tape. And apparently there was another sex tape that was investigated a year ago, which we're eventually going to get to. First, I think we have to talk about we have to talk about this. This is this is from NBC News. This is the article they put out about it. By the way, we we, we forgot to mention that that staffer's since been relieved of his duties, fired. I don't know what the expression is. Has he been fired, actually? I, I don't know if he was... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's parted, been, yeah they've yeah. got Okay, so he's, they've, they've parted ways with a staffer who conservative news outlets allege was shown in a leaked video having sex in a Senate hearing room. They allege, Mark, this is still up from December 16th at 3.30. It's still, it's still up that they allege it's, he's on video. He's on videos grunting, too. Oh, oh, all right, we ought to talk about gays and cages. I, I don't know why I have this on the spreadsheet. Gays and cages? Who conservative news outlets alleged was shown in a leaked video. Yeah, it wasn't alleged. It was It was him. I mean, this is this is one of the things that is so wrong, and this is why, Joe... Mainstream media 
is in its death rows because of things like this. Is that like, wait, wait, did you see this? I, I don't remember putting this on here from the gateway pundit, former representative George Santos hints there are cages inside of house office buildings. So do we have gays in cages in the Senate, in the Congress? Yep. John Fetterman, we're just waiting for him. Guys, you got to knock this stuff off. Come on. Just keep this kind of stuff to yourself. America first. <laughs> oh, what's this? Okay, this is this is from Semaphore. I don't know who that is. Kata Goba. U.S. December 20th, 2023 at 8.21 p.m. This article came out. U.S. House quietly investigated a separate, separate sex tape scandal. Um... Wow. It was the second time in less than two years that a sexually explicit video filmed in the U.S. Capitol prompted an investigation. Dan Newhouse, a, a spokesman, confirmed um, that reports of purported unbecoming behavior by a senior staffer in their office triggered an investigation last year. They added that no conclusive evidence was found, meaning, I guess, they just couldn't get the dosh darn thing on video. Uh, he's not naming the staffer. He denied he participated in explicit videos, so I guess there were videos. Maybe they just couldn't figure out. Well, keep going, Joe. It says here, there is, in fact, a second set of capital sex videos, which circulated on Snapchat last year. Because <laughs> they featured in the Snapchat story of a user going by Adam J with the handle Ann Jackson 2019. One of the videos, watched by Semaphore, featured a man masturbating inside a house office building, which, which was identifiable by standard capital house furniture and carpeting. The desk at which the videographer performed also held a branded congressional mouse pad. A screenshot of a second video obtained by Semaphore shows two men engaged in a sex act in an office setting. The participants' faces are not visible in any of the material viewed by Semaphore. Uh, wow. Uh, so for sure we have someone masturbating in the offices. What? What is this? And honestly... It, the Snapchat handles are kind of disappointing. I, I I would expect them to be like patriotic Snap handles, like like John J seventy six or something. But this is just ridiculous. The fact that there's another another video that was investigated, and the and then NBC News, who had apparently had no idea about the first video, on the second video, which basically the guy admitted to, they say allege conservative outlets allege no. There's a staffer for a senator having unprotected sex. That's kind of gross. And isn't there another pandemic coming? Regardless, regardless, regardless. It's on the table where people testify. And it's just like, is that not going to be a big deal? Because we have people in jail for just walking around between the ropes in the Capitol. And, and, and that was supposed to be a horrific, disgusting act. What is this then? You know, people that talk about this stuff, Joe say that this is not surprising at all and this stuff happens all the time on capitol hill like they say capitol hill is a complete sleazy just place in general where you are blackmails all around you that you are constantly offered you know cocaine in you know um high profile escorts and things like this and then you have now you have gay sex how can anyone go inside the senate hearing room ever again without having to think about that I mean, this sounds like, and I, I hate to say this, but it's true from what other people say and we've read, this sounds like the Vatican, Joe. It sounds like some of the things that go on inside the Vatican, the walls of the Vatican. 
which we'll get to. But um, crazy. But hey, it is it is crazy to to say to say the least. And like I said, this is supposed to bring decency back. I don't think I don't think decency's back, and it makes you wonder. It'd be a lot cooler if it was like AOC trying to get the Green New Deal passed, and she's having sex with Matt Gates or something. You know, and they're, they're 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 that's like whatever. Okay, I could I could see that, but if it's so rampant that staffers are allowed to get down and do this stuff, come on, get a handle on it then. Oh man, um, yeah, Joe, this is uh, yeah, this is a great way, shall we say, to end twenty twenty three. Go bang, go out with a bang. <laughs> This is uh, n- no surprise at all that we're going to end the year with this. Now, you still, you still got 10 days left, but um, let's stay on Capitol Hill, Joe. And let's move on to this presidential motorcade. Uh, he was, uh, President Biden was in, I think, Wilmington, Delaware, when a drunk driver hit a vehicle in the motorcade while he was, while President Biden was out on the sidewalk. Um, Outside his campaign headquarters, Joe. What do you have on this? Uh, just, just imagine because it's over the holidays. You know, you're you're on break, and and all of a sudden you're at the let's we'll say the MPI club, maybe AIC. You're drinking with your buddies from from high school, from college, you haven't seen for a while, and you think, oh, I can have one more, have one more. You drive home and you wreck into the president's motorcade, <laughs> and then the next morning, what do you do? You call your insurance, you call Erie Insurance, or Progressive, wherever you have. State Farm, and you say, "Hey, do I have do I have a claim for you?" You're not going to believe who I wrecked into. And this this presidential vehicle is a little expensive to fix. Your premiums will be going up next month, sir. But yeah, so a car was just plowed into a vehicle, and it was I I, I guess it was just in the motorcade, and but it was while President Biden was outside walking around. And I believe it's an African American gentleman or a black gentleman, whatever you want to, whatever your preferences are there. And uh, he looks hammered to say the least. When you see the picture of him, he does look drunk. But uh, oh man, if there's if there's not an expression for for what's just anywhere Joe goes, it's just chaos. I feel like you know I was listening to Dan Bongino talk about this, and Dan Bongino was part of the Secret Service, and Dan Bongino was like. He basically said that there is when you were talking about presidential security, it is not this two dimensional surveillance, you know, just on the ground per se. It's more than that. He said that there are satellites and you have a complete almost 360 degree view of the president and the surveillance that goes on at all times. Like so you were getting overhead, you know, um, surveillance as well. And he was like, how did this car even rem- get remotely close to this location if they knew the president was inside the campaign headquarters? He basically put this on the Secret Service that they even allowed this to this point. close call to happen. So it isn't the first time they had a close call happen. I, I feel like they, they, uh, me. Why not just have one of the dogs out there? Yeah. Just protecting Joe Biden. Come like, in. No, yeah. All right. Uh, let's. Speaking of uh, 
and this is again the Secret Service. Explain to me, Mark, how this happens. Let's just play the video from from Fox News. We were all just watching the first family's return from Delaware on Marine One, and my colleague Peter Ducey noticed someone hop off the chopper who was not on the passenger list the White House gave us, Hunter Biden. So Hunter is apparently here at the White House after uh, defying a congressional subpoena uh, while being indicted and facing a maximum of 17 years behind bars on the financial crimes, plus another 25 on the gun charges that he is facing, John. Now, just just imagine for a second, this is one of the Trump family members that's doing this. He's Hunter is def, def, not showing up for subpoenas. He, he's under investigation. And he's being hidden by basically the Secret Service because you cannot tell me, Mark, what you just said about the Secret Service logs. I can understand him not being on the the logs they give the journalists, but there's no way in hell, and if if it was, then it's got to be a crime or it needs investigated. Hunter Biden was on the, the, the manifest or whatever it's called for Air Force One or Marine One, whatever he was flying on, right? Apparently. I mean, he would have to be on there. He would have to be on yeah. them. I mean, he's logged all those flights. So, I mean, those are all in the public record. But they forgot to leave him. They forgot to include him on this on this trip aboard Marine One. So why would they not? Why would they omit his name, Joe? Uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe they're trying to keep his location secret. I don't know why they would be. Does it make I mean, any you sense? You know, when you step off Marine One, you know the media is going to be there. You know, cameras are going to be there. I mean, was this a, just an accident, or do they? Do we think that? This was intentional. I mean, he's clearly Maybe he was just so high. He thought he was invisible. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Invisible. I, I mean, he he gets off the plane like what a celebrity with his with with a jacket over his head. Like no one's gonna like just count. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. This is the president of the United States, and a lot's been going on with him and his son. Who's turned from Delaware? Yeah, I mean, you could see here he's getting off. There's a, you know, I don't know if he's wearing a hat or if there's a small child with him or or what. But uh, this is interesting. Uh, but let's this made what, some uh, news. Let's let's see what Corrine said about it last. And then uh, I noticed today when the president arrived on Marine One that Hunter Biden and his son Bo were also on the helicopter with them. The White House provides to the public a list of staffers who travel with the president. Why don't they provide a list of the family members that travel with the president on these government so, visits? Um, I I have to double check to see if that is indeed uh, correct, because I did ask about that. So let me just double check. Uh, look, I'll say this more broadly. Um, obviously, you've seen uh, the president um, uh, with his family these past couple of days. Uh, and I think you know why they were uh, they were um, they were observing a very. No, no. Why don't you tell us why? Number anniversary uh, for them. See, I got to pause it. I'm sorry it's a tragedy that his wife and, and daughter were killed in a car crash that many years ago. But the, how they're going to use that as an excuse why they snuck Hunter Biden on Marine One is disgusting. And I just have to say that before I let, let the clip finish. And so uh, so I'm not going to add anything more to that. But this was a obviously a, a somber moment uh, in the in the family. And so they were. Uh, how dare you ask that question, journalist? Joe Biden is mourning the death of his first wife and daughter. Certainly together uh, to, uh, um, you know, to to acknowledge 
and uh, take part in that anniversary. So we just want to be really sensitive to that uh, and uh, make that very, very clear. Uh, and uh, don't have anything to add about the family. Obviously, the president is very close to his family uh, as it relates to the house. Yeah, very close, both in business and... Uh, he spends, obviously, every holiday with his family, mostly every holiday with his family. I just don't have a list of names uh, to share with you. Uh, again, if it was... And then I'll let you take over, Mark. If it was Marine One, the helicopter, the pilot, without a doubt, would have to know if there was an extra 200 pounds, or maybe, I don't know, he's a crack addict, maybe 150, an extra 150 pounds on that chopper. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but you would think that, especially when it's the president of the United States, because it's like that when you go down to Myrtle Beach and just want to take a nice little joyride around the area. Yeah. I mean, um, I I mentioned it before uh, on this podcast, I believe uh, maybe it was a a while ago, but I saw Marine One flying overhead when I was down in Rehoboth Beach uh, last year, last June. I looked up and I I said, oh, helicopters don't look like normal helicopters. What are those? What are those? And they literally got there was two of them literally got right over top of me. And when they circled back along the coast and went inland. I could tell that they were Marine one. And um, so, but yeah, this is interesting, Joe. I, I, you know, again, I was just looking it up. Nelia Biden died December 18th. Uh, I think it was 1972. And so I'm, I'm sure they were in Wilmington, you know, um, at her grave, I'm, I, I presume. Um, but uh, what are the odds, Mark, and you might not know this. I, I don't know exactly. They, they were hit by, I believe a, a truck. And I think the guy that hit them has since passed. But do you would you believe that Joe Biden tried to say there was a drunk driver that killed his family? And I believe the woman, the, the, the man's daughter, attempted to sue. You'd have to Google that, look it up. But what are the odds that a drunk driver on that same day, this is just hitting me now, wrecks into Biden's motorcade? A drunk driver does. That's weird. That is weird. That is weird. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to, you know protect him for the time being while he defies this congressional subpoena. Uh, we still don't know if he's being held. Is, is, is he being held in contempt, Joe? Is there an arrest warrant out for him or, or, or what? what's the status with that? I don't know no? because I think, they're, I think they're on their recess now, so they don't come back until, is it the 5th of January, the 9th of January, 8th of January, the week of the 8th of January, I think? Yes. And, and it's, it's not like, I hope that's a priority, but don't forget, they're going to have to raise the debt ceiling. It's going to be complete panic when they get back in pandemonium. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just the same song and dance over and over again, but we'll get to that, all those other details uh, when the time comes. So, uh-oh, we got a little little baby awake here. Uh, so we'll keep going until for a little, few more minutes, Joe. Uh, I know you have something here on Ru- Rudy Giuliani. He was found um, guilty in guilty. in Georgia, I believe, of defamation. How do you how do you find how are you forced to pay one hundred and forty eight million dollars, Joe? Explain this and not introduce any any. He wasn't able to introduce really any um, evidence on his behalf. There's video of Ruby Freeman, who is the person suing him on video with ballots and, and pulling suitcases out after there was that, you know, water main break, which ended up being just a burst pipe that I don't think was anything at all in the bathroom of. I can't remember the arena in Atlanta. It's, it's I believe it's the Atlanta Hawks arena. The name yes. is escaping me now. But now all of a sudden, she is suing Rudy Giuliani for defamation. What did Rudy Giuliani say about her? 
it's it, it was maybe people on the internet, maybe random people on the internet were ignorant and rude towards her. But does she deserve one hundred and seven hundred forty eight million dollars for that? Because people have been mean to me my whole life. And and in her statement after she said, "We I'll just play it." Good evening, everyone. I am Lady Ruby. Today's a good day. A jury stood witness to what Rudy Giuliani did to me and my daughter and held him accountable. And for that, I'm thankful. Today is not the end of the road. We still have work to do. Rudy Giuliani was not the only one who spread lies about us. And others must be held accountable, too. And on the same day, didn't they admit in the Georgia courts that yes, there was like a hundred and some thousand or 87, some thousand ballots were not marked property or were inconclusive or was something something like that. Seems weird. This, this Freeman lady, she's a criminal. She helped steal an election and she belongs in jail. And I would like to see some people like her go to jail for what happened because they're going to do it again in 2024. You, You watch. And that that transition to our next topic of Trump being taken off the ballot in Colorado. Are you kidding me? For what? Using a, a Civil War era statute about insurrection? No one was ever charged with insurrection on January 6th, let alone Trump. And, and we still don't know how many feds were in the crowd. We can't get an answer from Merrick Garland or, or Chris Ray until we get a little bit more information. Why is he taken off the ballot? Which I believe, Mark, they're being printed in two weeks. January 5th, I think it is. <laughs> so the 14th Amendment, Joe, um, let's 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 go through some of these sections here. It says all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so where does it talk about insurrection, Joe? That was Article 1. There are four articles, five articles in... Um, there we go. Article 3, I believe it is. No person shall be a senator, a representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a two, vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. So that's what it says. Are, are, just, just to, are we closer, you think, to Civil War now, or where we were in late 2020, early 2021? And that was after the summer of love and the divisiveness of the fake COVID scam. Look at this. Like We, we are seriously freaking divided here, and we are also... Being rounded up, if you haven't been paying attention, whether it's a Latin mass, you're against trans rights, you you want to keep your kids safe and not have them you, the, their brains corrupted by the system. It's just uh, the the fact they could keep him off the ballot 
shows that they are scared to death because this should wake everyone up. And this isn't going to be the only state they try it in. And, and it's going to go to the Supreme Court and it's going to get struck down nine to nothing. And these four judges should, hey, let's look into them like we had to look into Kavanaugh, his credit cards, how they got paid off. Why can't we look into these four judges then? Because this is a weird, weird opinion to keep Trump off the ballot, especially when it's going to be printed in about 15 days. Okay, I have questions here, Joe. Um, number one, I don't think it'll be 9-0 uh, in the Supreme Court. It'll be 6-3 at best, um, possibly 5-4. We'll see. Um, we just know that's how it's going to go, Joe. Um, second, uh, what if it, it shouldn't even come down to the Supreme Court. I mean, you think about what's going on here. How is this not voter disenfranchisement, Joe? Explain that to me. I, I don't know how, how it's not. I have no idea how it's not because – they're making the argument that you don't know you don't you don't know well enough. Like you're going to vote for someone who's going to take away your rights. Really? Who's been taking away the rights the last three years? They're checkmated everything they say, every excuse they could possibly come up with. You could say, well, yeah, but you did that exact same thing, or you're doing this now, or you made everyone get a vaccine to to even go to work, or you made everyone do this, or you're raising taxes, or you're. You're supporting Nazis in Ukraine. You could go on and on and on and on and on forever about this. It's your administration that hates the Jews. It's your supporters that are at colleges saying that, that they they support Hamas and the extermination of Israel. I'm not. I mean, wh- what do you want here? What what is what is political violence? What is an insurrection? You could argue that Joe Biden is the one that's guilty of this stuff. Where the money, the, the Ukraine stuff, Zelensky, his son, we could go on and on and on. I mean, can we not? We can. Yeah. So, I mean, so back to what I was, I was saying, I mean, all right. So the names, the ballots or, or whatever, they have, does have to be finalized in the next couple of weeks. What if the Supreme Court rules in his favor? And in, in, in when they release their opinions, Joe, in June, the election's already over with. What if this happens in more states, Joe? What if he doesn't have the electors because he's off the ballot in all these states, all these blue states? What if, I mean, it, by June, it's too late. You can't let it get to what if. I, I guess they needed money. The Colorado GOP was going to switch to a caucus system. I don't know how long that takes or or what it does. But even if you would write in Trump for the general election, or it, it wouldn't be counted to be thrown out. Your vote would be thrown out. You can't even write him in. You got to want. And back to John Fetterman. If John Fetterman comes out and says, come on, guys, what are we doing? Give the people a chance to, to not vote for Trump. I don't like Trump, but, you know, I'd still want to be the one to beat him. It's going to be it's going to be Fetterman 2028. This is scary, Joe. When I when I heard this, I thought to myself. Man, this is. It, I, I, I kind of sent chills down my spine a little bit because I thought, wow. This is the next step in their play to defeat Donald Trump is to act physically remove him from a ballot to not allow the people of this country to express their will and who they want to vote for. And we're going around the world preaching other countries on democracy. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, people have spoken up around the world about this, especially leaders, other leaders across the world. They are so concerned with him and again this is the next play what's the play after this joe i think we all know what it is 
And that's probably assassination if they can't stop him this way. I, I, do, you see, do you see why Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie, especially Chris Christie, was pulling at like 2%? Do you see why Haley, do you see why they're all staying in the race? Another reason. There's hope. They think there's hope. If they could take him off the ballot in Colorado and a few other states, there's definitely hope because all we have to do is win South Carolina, New Hampshire, uh, come close to New Hampshire and Iowa. If he's taken off the ballot in some of the latter states, we sweep them already. We sweep it already. It's ours. We don't have to worry about it. This is exactly. this always has been the plan. It's it's not like they just came up with this yesterday, right? I've I don't know how true this is, Joe. I mean, I really didn't follow up on this because I was just like I just assumed it was true, but I read that there are legal challenges in sixteen other states trying to remove Trump from the ballot, Joe. <laughs> Let them expose themselves. Let them expose themselves because, hey. Like we've been saying, maybe this is how we don't have an election in 2024. I mean, this is not. I don't know. <laughs> you are you are subverting the will of the people. Uh, so, Joe, let's play this out. Okay, we could have a contested um, convention in the summer, the Republican convention. You may have electors that say we're not. Trump, we're not we're voting for Trump or we're we're gonna declare for Trump here. Um you have you could have Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis <clears throat> be the nominee by virtue of electors. Uh what else could happen here, Joe? You could have the Supreme Court strike this down in June when all the primaries are over with. You could have uh Oh, we tried. See, sorry, we just didn't do it in time. Yeah. And you could also have this backfire on the Democrats again, like everything else they've tried so far, because every time they, they indict him or, or persecute him in some way, shape or form, he his popularity only increases. So you may have. This may this may lead to victory, you know, another another, you know, notch in the belt, uh, because this may help him become even more popular than he already is when people see the levels that these these evil people are going to what do you think i i guess another thing you i guess they could say he violated his gag order and throw him in jail um if they can't keep him off the ballot that's that's another thing you i guess you got to watch out for uh, and, then, and then to bring up like the the, the goodfellas movies and it's easy to clip it's easier to clip someone when they're in prison i guess I, if you know what i mean i, I don't know but th th these are crazy times the, the can you ever imagine four years ago or eight years ago or 16 years ago during other elections that we followed casually someone be Ron Paul being taken off the ballot because he said things about the Federal Reserve or could you imagine his views were too dangerous? This is America. And we're having a former president being taken who, who was wrong to say the least last election being taken off the ballot. It's, I don't know. I don't know. But we saw California, their lieutenant governor, send a letter, I believe, to their, what was it, secretary of state in California about removing Trump from the ballot in California. So that's the, that, that might be the next state to fall. You know, you can just go to all these blue states, Joe, with these liberal Supreme Courts that have all these Supreme Court justices that are, you know, these state Supreme Courts that are controlled by Democrats. Pennsylvania is one of them. And you can probably just, 
do this in every state that has that and get them off the ballot every single state. So this is for the primary, Joe, but what about the general election? I mean, could they go as far as to remove them from the from the general election? Or you could also have what California or what Colorado did, and we're just saying that we're not going to have a vote. We're just going to do a caucus like Iowa. And I believe Nevada also does a caucus, which is kind of difficult to explain. But um, I mean, if they could do that and get away with it and do have a caucus rather than a vote and people caucus for Trump instead, then you say touche, you know? I mean, then, then you really don't have a problem. But the overarching problem is the fact that you have people in these court systems that are removing him from, you're just subverting the will of the people. We're supposed to be a bedrock of democracy, a constitutional republic. And Joe, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, this is not going to last. I mean, I, I we're on a path, Joe, where I honestly believe that we are coming to a, a head here in the next maybe 10 to 20 years where the government we know and the structure we know of is not going to last because this cannot continue. Just, you know, you can tell you're 100% right. You know, the, they're using Civil War era tactics to go after Americans. And are, are they admitting that another Civil War is already happening or is about to happen? Are they, are they admitting that we're so divided that it's, it is already over? We can never be united and unified again? I, I, I don't know. And, and you, you look at the things that, like, they want us to stand for, and it's just like these woke policies, these transgender, this transgender and children stuff, this sending all of our fortunes and, and money to Ukraine. Are we going to get into another world war here? I just, I, I can't support this. But it's like you're forced to, or else you might go to jail. I mean, Joe, how many people are going to sit back? Average people. Average run-of-the-mill people. How many people are going to sit back, Joe, and and let this happen? And it, it, I mean, just say Trump gets assassinated. I can't believe I'm even saying that, but just say it happened because this has to be their next play. Just say there's or, an attempt. Or an attempt. Or, Joe, if he's not the Republican nominee, if they somehow are able to get him off the ballot in the in the general election, how many people are going to sit around and just take that? And just be okay with that. I mean, I'll give you a good about... answer. It, it it won't matter how many sit back. It, it it a lot might not. It's how the news and the media will portray what the people, how the people are acting about it. Yeah. Look at the insurrection. It was tried once. You can make the argument it was tried once peacefully, and look what they did, and they're still doing, and people are still being rounded up for that. He had 75 million people vote for Donald Trump last in 2020. And you're probably going to have way more than that vote for him now. Because people who didn't vote in 2020, Trump is up on Biden by like 20% on people that didn't vote in 2020. So when we say 2024 is going to be crazy, this is what we're talking about. These are the things that we are envisioning that could possibly happen in this country. And you need to be ready for it. All right. I was just telling Joe the other day, Joe, we were talking, I said, I need to stop. I need to, I need to be more prepared. I need to have more things here in my house, like water, toilet paper, you know, just different things, batteries, things like that. And it sounds crazy, but it's actually not if you think about it, because 
who knows? When we wake up one day, it could be, I mean, who knows what could happen? Scary to think about. And Joe, we'll go one, one step further. Say Donald Trump is elected president in November. And the votes are counted in maybe a couple of days and we know that he's the president. What do you think that, what do you think that two-month period is going to be like, Joe, from the general election to the to the inauguration? They'll burn, they'll burn the country. That, that's my biggest fear. It's like smooth sailing a few bumps until like August, September, October. Maybe there's an October surprise. And then Trump wins. And that next morning is when you're going to want to have everything stocked up, I think. Yeah. It'll be too late. It'll be too late. It will be, I mean, you, you would have no choice but to, uh, to uh, activate the National Guard. In, well, in, but, he will be, it won't be his call. It's a transition period. And you saw, true. that's how it's probably going to play out because you saw how Trump's transition period was and how the media treated him for not giving Biden all the information. Do you think they're going to give Trump anything? No, no. They will try to burn this country down like, like they did with Lincoln. Who was who was the president before Lincoln? Who basically let Fort Sumter be taken over and left Lincoln with a giant mess? What was it? March fourth, they were elected in the office. I think they took office back then. He can him. Yeah, was he from Pennsylvania? No, that was yeah, he was. Um, yeah, Joe. But think about it. I mean, and then just say, and we're going way way down the road here. But just say things continue to get worse after the inauguration when people just protesting and not letting this go and you like you said burning cities to the ground quite literally i mean you you honestly may have to activate like the military and get and get and, and impose martial law in cities and then it'll be you know trump is this dictator this fascist who's you know they're going to recycle all those talking points again and say look he's using the military against the people of the united states they're That's building it up and they're they're baiting him to say he'll be a dictator you saw sean hannity even they're baiting him to answer that question for some reason. It's like he wasn't a dictator last time. Go from the day one of COVID, he left it up to the states. Yeah. But I heard Tucker Carlson say something the other day. <clears throat> he was basically like, things are accelerating in this country. They're not decelerating. Things are progressing rapidly with all of these other things, all of these things we've been talking about on this podcast for the last year. Things are accelerating at a very, very rapid pace. And you have to ask yourself why that is. What is that? So, I don't know. But um, keep an eye out, guys. Just, you know, be aware. Educate yourself on, uh, on, this, on this stuff with Trump. And, you know, you have, to, you have to be in the know about what's going on with him because this is – this is uh, not good for our country. So, all right, let's uh, close with John Fetterman. We have been some of the biggest critics of John Fetterman out there. We have slammed him left and right uh, since last year, going back over a year now. But we have to give credit where credit's due. There's a headline here, Joe, from Newsweek. John Fetterman faces rebellion from Democratic voters. Joe, he has taken an exact opposite stance of progressives and Democrats in general in the last month or so. Starting from, excuse me, calling from the calling for the resignation or removal of Senator Bob Menendez 
a Democrat from New Jersey who's found himself in some uh, legal trouble, shall we say. He's also been very pro-Israel when his colleagues on the left of left have been uh, from the river to the sea people. Palestine shall be free. And the other thing we've seen, and this, this was this past week, John Fetterman is now America first. We saw U.S. Steel. U.S. Steel, Joe, founded by who? J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, and Charles Schwab. U.S. Yep. Steel. All right. One of the, the companies that based here in Pittsburgh that helped build America and ship steel all across the world sold to a Japanese company for $14 billion, $55 a share. John Fetterman came out and decried this and said we should have, you know, U.S. still should be here in America. And then he was quoting this article, Joe. I'm not a progressive. I'm just a regular Democrat, Fetterman said on X. Joe, floor is yours. Let's play the clip. I'm standing on the roof of my home right here in Braddock, Pennsylvania, right across the street from the Edgar Thompson plant. And I just have to say it's absolutely outrageous that they have sold themselves to a foreign nation and a company. Can't do that. Steel is always about security as well, too. And I am committed to doing anything I can do from using my platform or my position in order to block this. And I'm going to fight for the steel workers and their union way of life here as well, too. And we cannot ever allow them to be screwed over or left behind. I hope it's not just talk, but that is, I cannot believe it. That is the most I've ever agreed with John Fetterman. I mean, this dude is just all of a sudden, we, we lose George Santos and we get John Fetterman, the senator, is an America first guy. Uh, I don't have words, Mark, but we have to, like you said, we have to give credit where credit's due. He's standing up for American workers, and so our jobs, like in NAFTA, aren't shipped over to Japan in East Asia. Because we're going to need them. He's right. We're going to need steel making here, okay? Here. This article, Joe, he has some quotes in this article that if you took his name out, you would think this is a, this was an America first can't, this is America first. Yeah. Candidate, look what he says here, Joe. Um, talks about this poll. Um, I'm going to read you these, these two small paragraphs. His position on Israel-Gaza could spell trouble among the voter demographic. According to a New York Times-Siena poll published on Tuesday, 45% of people aged 18 to 29 think President Joe Biden is too supportive of Israel. In the same age group, 46% of people who responded say they were supportive of Palestine compared to 27% favoring Israel. That's 18 to 29-year-olds. The same poll said that just 20% of all voters aged 18 to 29 believe Biden is handling the conflict well. You may think, well, that's good news for Donald Trump, right? And getting some of those young voters over to vote for, say, Trump or Bobby Kennedy. And it says, asked about the result on CNN on Tuesday, Fetterman said, if you're getting your perspective on the world on TikTok, it's going to be it's going to tend to be kind of warped. Sometimes you may alienate some voters, but it's really most important to be on the right side of that. That's where I'm at. Whoa. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then it goes on, Joe. This is even the better part. A total of 16 of his former campaign staffers wrote him an open letter asking him to change his stance. 
That's amazing. And he's not apparently bowing down to that. Maybe the stroke uh, turned him into a different person. Like, I'm being, like, that sounds funny. Like, I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm being serious. Like, what if it had some sort of effect on how he's able to reason and logic? From the Babylon Bee, weird. Man becomes more conservative as he regains brain function. <laughs> right. Ah. Uh. Uh, these are these are what a way to end the year. Almost, we have, we'll probably have one more episode before the end of the year. But John Fetterman <laughs> becoming America first, and and it's we we let's go. We can keep going with this because it it talks about how he is he's he's pro closing the border, and he talks about how when, yeah, when did that happen? He like went in for a medical experiment and came out like a different person. What's the opposite of a lobotomy? It says, it's, this is his quote. Um, it's a reasonable conversation until somebody can say that there's an explanation on what we could do when 270,000 people were being encountered on the border, not including the ones, of course, we don't know about. To put that in reference, that is essentially the size of Pittsburgh, the second largest city in Pennsylvania. Amazing. Oh, my. <laughs> hey. We have, like I said, we have to give him credit. I mean, we have to give him credit. What <laughs> he's not up for re-election for another what five years? But Joe, you know how vindictive uh, the Democrats are in politics in general that they won't forget about this, and they will come and probably primary him in, in five years from now, or they may cut pet projects from his uh, wish list, or not include him on some bills. You know how this works, Joe. And that's why I give him so much credit for standing up against the establishment Democratic Party and speaking his mind on this. So I do give him credit. This is like Andre the Giant turning from like hill to face in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good analogy. Really fun to watch. It's really fun to watch. It's all like wrestling. Yeah. But America first, John, what would John Fetterman do? From the Senate Senate sex tape, you could place that for everything. I want to hear his comments on on just on everything now, everything. Yeah, we just gave you four examples of him bucking his party. There, there's nothing funnier and 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 honestly that wakes people up faster than a person who honestly let's be let's be real, not that smart and and looks like just a, just a Neanderthal making good points. <laughs> right. When someone like you know what I mean when so, like like um. Ernie Kersey, when he sounds so stupid but makes like great points, like why did why did the people in East Palestine not have to wear masks to go to school when there was that train wreck? But yet kids had to wear masks to school for like three years before that. Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. So we're gonna put right. an immediate request for John Fetterman. We're gonna try to get him, and we're gonna be respectful. I think <laughs> that's a good idea. We should go after John Fetterman. I, I'm kind of like mad now because that would be my luck. We'll get him, and I'll, I'll have to just be—I'll have to agree with everything he said, and I'll look like like—I I don't know—but I can't fault the guy. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, he was in Braddock the other day wearing a hoodie with a with the Pittsburgh Steelers tassel cap on that said "U.S. Steel," one of those U.S. Steel uh, hats or whatever, but. uh Call the Steelers for a reason. I mean, they're called the Steelers for a reason. You're going to take uh, away. 
But back to U.S. Steel, Joe. Uh, let's wrap up with this. I mean, this is, um, I mean, who knows uh, what will happen to the steel workers here in Western Pennsylvania and across America that work for U.S. Steel. And if uh, the Japanese company Nippon Steel, obviously a large, one of the largest producers of steel in the world, if they'll honor all of the pension funds and the benefits and uh, the the labor contracts and things like that, it's, there's a plethora of things they need to work out. But it's just kind of sad to think about um, United States Steel, the U.S. Steel Company, being sold to a Japanese company. So it's just uh, interesting when you think about it, the way the world works. So people that 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 worked at J and L and everywhere else back in the day, and they said, "My father was a steel worker forever, for thirty years probably." They are. I mean, this would make you so sick. Imagine something that you took pride in, and they ship the jobs away to Japan. This is NAFTA all over again. And good, again, just to close, good for John. Can't believe I'm saying this. The end of 2023. Thank you, John Fetterman, for standing up for American workers. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. We should end on that. <laughs> we should end on that. If it wasn't Christmas, I would say, yeah, but we have to, you know, what, what are your plans for Christmas, Mark? Anything? You got anything good going on? Oh, a lot of family time, on? Joe. We got uh, trying to avoid getting sick. I think I feel like everyone's sick. It's COVID. It's flu. It's, uh, you know, chest colds and all that stuff. So hopefully just trying to thread the needle and avoid getting sick. But we got some family time lined up Saturday and Sunday and probably even Monday, Christmas Day. We all know the real Christmas for us Italians, Joe's on Christmas Eve. So yeah. um, other than that, just relaxing, watching some football, enjoying, uh, enjoying the time off, enjoying time with family. Joe, how about you? Same, except I got fantasy playoffs in, in, in my leagues here, and I'm a little bit nervous. But he's spending Christmas Eve with my family, Christmas Day with my wife's family, and just big matchups, man. And I, I don't want to be glued to the TV, but for my league, I mean, first place gets like four or five grand. So I I don't know I'll I'll be watching the games but it, it's going to be great to spend time with family especially with the little ones man honestly it's all for them watching him open presents is honestly I'm literally so excited for so well um that'll be fun you know to see uh, our kids now old enough on their second Christmas but really first Christmas they're actually know what's going on so now the uh, days where we get just socks and t-shirts yeah. <laughs> Well, um, that's it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Don't forget, Christmas is Christ's Mass. So Merry Christmas to everyone out there. We will try to come back with you guys next week in between Christmas and New Year's. We'll try. No guarantees, no promises. So thank you for everyone that's been listening, that's been subscribing on Spotify and Apple. We appreciate your support. We appreciate all the love we get from all you guys, all the feedback that we get from all of our listeners and friends. So uh, have a great Christmas, Joe. Finish it out. I just love this Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. Right. There, we'll go. Merry Christmas, everyone. And have a happy new year if we don't see you before. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you very much.